Welcome to another episode of Casual Chat, or as I'm renaming this, to My Favorite Things. My Favorite Things was actually the original name, but I was like, well, what am I, like, the things I'm talking about are not all my favorites, but whatever. How's everyone doing? Is anyone ever going to answer? If they did, that may be scary. I'd be wondering if I was losing my mind. You know, I, I realize that half the time I'm on my lunch break, I'm doing the dishes. I'm the person that hates a full sink. I do my dishes like every other day. Not consistently, but often. I actually hate doing the dishes. It's my least favorite thing to do, but I still do it because I'm an adult. I need a man that either loves doing the dishes or doesn't mind. I'll cook some yummy food for you. You just have to do the dishes. It'll be a match made in heaven. The dishes not being done has actually been a conflict with multiple roommates I've had. They just let the dishes pile up. They use the dishwasher and they just leave their dishes in there for like a whole week. And I'll admit, I'm not the cleanest person. I reuse some of my dishes, like my coffee cup, I only clean once a week. The most useless piece of silverware, I have to say, is the butter knife. I rarely eat butter. When you actually need a knife, you need an actual knife. You can't cut steak or chicken effectively with a butter knife. Want to know what I actually use my butter knife for? Stirring coffee. That's right, my butter knife is just a big bulky coffee stirrer. Because what else am I going to use it for? I'm ending my rant now. I'm doing alright, enjoying my isolation, yet at the same time feeling overwhelmed. After I scheduled my flight, it just kind of hit me like I'm moving out of state. I've lived in Washington for nine years. It's a long time. Thanks for the memories, Washington, even though they weren't that great. Obviously, with a big move comes a lot of stress and worry. Also, random, did you know you can buy your groceries online? Safeway does delivery. Other places do delivery. That's what I've been doing. I can't stand going to the grocery store anymore. It just brings me a lot of anxiety, so I just order online. It's easy. I don't have to carry anything, and it's not too expensive. I have told at least two people about this for the past week. So why the lack of episodes? This is a new podcast. I should be churning them out. Well, what happened is I recorded my last episode, hated it, and rather released something I didn't like. I didn't release anything at all. Like, super professional of me. Enough with the boring stuff. Let's talk about what's really important here. All of the media I've consumed the past few weeks. I decided to watch Glow, or this has been a show I was interested in after listening to an interview with Alison Brie. I was curious about it. I say by the final episode I had fallen in love with this show. It has a great cast. Mark Marin plays director Sam Sylvia who directs a women's wrestling show. It takes place in the 80s. Mark Barron, by the way, has a great podcast where he interviews comedians and a decent stand-up routine you can find on Netflix. Alison Brie, who is known for voicing the character Diane Nguyen in BoJack Horseman and plays Annie on Community, plays a character named Ruth in this show. She's a woman who is frustrated at the roles of women in movies and shows in Hollywood. She thinks, maybe this wrestling show will be different. Her journey on this show starts out a bit rough because she gets cut on like the second day. She seems to be a likable character who really wants to make it in the world of acting. Part of this show involves her friend Debbie, who 
whose husband Ruth is sleeping with. Debbie, who is also a main character, went from being a soap opera star to a housewife. After discovering her husband was cheating on her, she leaves him, and then she gets recruited for the show. She gets back together with her husband, but will they stay together? Watch to find out. I really love this show. It has a lot of interesting characters. When I say that, I mean the actual characters on the shows, not the characters the characters are playing. All the wrestler personas are really bad stereotypes. One of the characters, she's dreamed of being a wrestler her whole life, but the first time she gets into the ring, she ends up getting a panic attack. You also have the show's producer, who after getting supplied an endless amount of money from his mom, he gets cut off. And then he has to find another way to get the show back on its feet. There are other great characters and scenarios, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. It's streaming on Netflix. There's three seasons, and I would highly recommend watching this show. I was so into this, it's just one of those shows that is so easy to binge. The final episode of this first season gave me so much joy. The story is actually based on an actual women's wrestling show that was going on during 1986 to 1990. It had four seasons. There was a documentary about it. The Globe website is still up and running, and you can buy DVDs of the original show on there. There's a good article from Insider that talks more about each character and who they were inspired by. I think everyone should check this show out. Mark Marin is also a DILF without being one, so there you go. Space Force, starring and co-created by Steve Carell, recently came out. I thought it was funny. I've seen reviews of people who really don't like it and think it's a bad show. I was entertained, though. The main character, Mark Nard, is interesting. Uh, He's a straight-laced military man who is separated from his wife after she commits a crime and is forced to raise his teenage daughter alone. I have some confusion on how old the daughter is. I think at one point she said she was like a junior and a sophomore in high school, yet she's dating a man in his late 20s. Statutory rape much? I'm not sure how old her character is. The person playing her is clearly an adult, though. I was a moody teenager. I'm not a fan of a moody teenager. I'll probably be cursed with a few one day, but that's a long ways away. I did really enjoy this show. It never reveals what Nared's wife did. I assume she murdered somebody. And near the end of the show, it gets really ridiculous. Like, what laws are these people following? Also, another complaint, they built this whole facility and had it functioning in a year. What? If you want realism, you're not going to like this show. Maybe I just have terrible taste because I did like it. I don't know. I also have a crush on Ben Schwartz. I think he's really cute and would love to go on a date with him, and I generally like anything he's in, so... Anyway, check out this show if you like bad comedy. I don't think it's bad, but, you know, plenty of others do. I had to wait for that train to go by. Back to the show. I'm a big kid at heart. I love cartoons. So, I recently watched the most recent season of Rick and Morty. In this season, Rick has, like, a secret toilet, which I get. I'm also a shy pooper. Gotta turn the fan on. Can only do it in my own home. Which is why, as a roommate, I prefer having my own bathroom. Other highlights, Morty gets, like, this train where there's a bunch of different scenarios going on. It's like a toy train that runs through a bunch of scenarios. 
It's probably my favorite episode. In another episode, Rick gets a planet pregnant. Not sure how that works. It, it was a great season overall. Then I was hit through the heart with the final episode. I'll admit, my IQ is not high enough to get all the jokes in the show, but I still enjoy it. For those of you who don't know, Rick and Morty is inspired by Back to the Future. It's about the relationship between a genius scientist who creates a lot of crazy things and travels through the universe with his cowardly grandson. This show can be episodic, but there's like a main storyline looming over the whole thing. You watch their crazy adventures, and despite how terrible Rick is, you can't help but feel for him at times. There's also some drama with Rick's daughter, Beth. Her relationship with her father is really strained at times, but she also just really wants to be loved by him. Then there's her shitty husband, Jerry, who I wish she would not get back together with. Like, fuck that guy. Then there's Morty's sister, Summer, who I wish had more screen time. A lot of cartoon daughters are kind of shit on. It's a trend. I think she should go on more adventures with Rick and Morty. She's clearly smarter than Morty. Like, come on. But it's a great show. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. And I'm invested. I have seen every episode so far. Speaking of Rick and Morty, I watched Polar Opposites, which is on Hulu. It's by the same people who did Rick and Morty. It's a show about these aliens who get sent to Earth after their planet explodes. There's three dudes and a little girl... The kid aliens are dealing with being aliens in a human school. They're hated by classmates and teachers alike. There's a lot of funniest scenarios going on with the school stuff. The adult aliens have their interactions with each other and trying to understand human society. In one episode that I really enjoyed, they get a man cave and they're like, what's even so great about this? So they think it's a nagging wife. So they program a robot to have the personality of all these different TV moms. One of the kids in the show is shrinking down humans and having them live in part of his wall. And part of the episodes are broken up into episodes showing the people who are living in the wall. People build like a little society. They have buildings. They even have their own religion. These are, I find these parts of the show really enjoyable. It breaks, like everything's all broken into different storylines. I'm not going to spoil it, but the last episode with the people in the wall was kind of sad. I love this series. I look forward to seeing more. There's going to be a season two, which I think is awesome. Warrior Nun is a show that had a lot of hype. I watched it. I didn't think it was binge-worthy. I can't really relate to a character that knows nothing. So the story is the chick dies after living in an orphanage her whole life. She wakes up from the dead with superpowers. The church is trying to recruit her to fight against evil, and she gets sidetracked along the way. I had to, like, break this up into watching one episode a day. I did enjoy it after, like, seven episodes, but seven episodes is a lot to invest if you don't really like something, so just, uh, just proceed with caution with this show. Maybe you'll like it more than I did. I don't know. I do enjoy the whole women kicking ass thing. Some of the action scenes were pretty good, so check it out. From Hulu recommendations, I watch Single Parents. I don't find a lot of the interactions with the kids on the show that funny, but the parents are hilarious. So the story is about our main character, Will, the father of a girl named Sophie. They're new to the school. He's single, divorced. He hasn't dated, hasn't had sex in five years. 
gets pulled into a group of other single parents who who try to help him with things like getting back into dating and letting go of his past relationship. Has a great cast featuring Leighton Meester and Brad Garrett. There's some moral stories going on and plenty of funny moments. I enjoyed watching this, but I generally like family sitcoms. If you absolutely hate kids and child actors, don't watch this. Otherwise, if you're looking for a fun new comedy to watch, then check this out. There's a lot of predictable romance in it, so be warned. Like, one of the romances is like a will-they-won't-they. I feel like in real life, if you don't, you never will, but it seems to be popular on shows like this. There's two seasons, so maybe check it out. I went to the drive-in recently. They're open. Real theaters are not. So if you need your movie fill, I'd recommend hitting up your local drive-in. The one I went to is a few hours away from where I live, so it was a bit of a venture going there. We had to take a ferry across a body of water to get there. Unfortunately, on the way back, the ferry was closed, so we spent a long time driving home. We were up till 5 a.m. just to get our movie fill. The cool thing about the drive-in was that it was like in the middle of the forest. We got in the front row. They had popcorn, pizza, nachos. The bathroom stalls kind of sucked though. They wouldn't close so you had to like push them close with your leg. But overall it was a good experience. We watched Beetlejuice. I think I watched this originally when I was quite young so I didn't really remember it. I do remember the cartoon which I liked. But the movie is not like the cartoon. So if you haven't seen the movie but you have seen the cartoon, be warned. Beetlejuice, who the movie is named after, doesn't have much screen time. Now, I'm not going to talk about the movie too much because I plan on doing an episode on Tim Burton eventually. Alec Baldwin is in this, and I honestly didn't recognize him at all. I did like the movie, though. It was a bit cheesy, but not bad. So how the drive-in I went to works, you pay for a spot and you get to see two movies back-to-back. The other movie we saw was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and I'm super annoying. I just listened to the audiobook, so I kept saying, In the book, this didn't happen. And in the book, there were two Quidditch tournaments. In the book, yeah, I'm a good time. I think the movie actually followed the book quite well, despite not having every detail in it. And they also kind of had Hermione buddying up with Harry and Ron really early on, which wasn't the same in the book. I'd had actually watched all the movies recently but only half paid attention because I was like doing other stuff while I was watching it which is typical for me but at the drive-in I had no signal on my phone while I was there so there was nothing to distract me but just the experience of going to the drive-in was great I loved it I want to go back again I think the Harry Potter movie was really good and I wish I had the chance to watch it when I was a child my family is like super Christian and this was a movie we were just not allowed to watch I hope my kids one day will, you know, like, enjoy the books and movies like I do. I I feel like if I had seen it as a child, I would appreciate the movies more. I do appreciate the books, but I'm kind of spoiled on modern movies, so. Eurovision is a new movie that just came out. I'm ignorant. I'd never heard of Eurovision. I recognized a few people in this, not just Will Ferrell. I think the trailer made me think this was going to be a comedy, and then I watched it and I maybe laughed twice. It was entertaining, but I didn't love it. I think it's a good movie to watch if you have that itch for traveling. A lot of the places it shows in Europe are quite pretty. Also, I have one complaint. The two main characters are supposed to be the same age, but the dude looks way older. 
maybe that's supposed to be a funny part of the show. I don't know. I don't I don't really know what the moral of the story of this movie is. Don't give up. Cherish the ones you love. Sometimes what you really want is not what you think. I don't know. Interpret it interpret the movie how you will. I also thought this movie was too long. Halfway through the movie, I thought it was almost over and then I checked and there was an hour left. Not that it was a bad movie, I just feel like it could have been made shorter and could have told the same story. Speaking of musical movies, I watched I watched Hearts Beat Loud. It's also classified as a comedy, but I didn't find this one funny either. I guess it's just not my sense of humor. But it's a very lovely story about the bond of a father and daughter and their love of music. The daughter is working towards going to medical school and dealing with leaving her father and girlfriend behind. The father is closing his record shop because the business is failing. The music in this movie is fantastic. I think people would be interested in watching this because the dad is played by Nick Offerman who plays Ron Swanson in Parks and Recreation. The movie is only 97 minutes long, so it's an easy watch. I really like this. I think other people should check it out. I think if they made like a TV show of this movie, it'd be pretty cool. And in the end, this movie, like everything just seemed to work out for the best. Another movie I watched was Palm Springs. It's a unique twist on the Groundhog Day scenario where you wake up and every day is the same. The twist, though, is there's more than one person in this movie that's aware that they're reliving the same day. Stars the very sexy and hilarious Andy Samberg. It's currently on Hulu, so if you want to watch it, you know, just go on there. Also, the guy who plays Superman in Supergirl is in this. Like, I mean, come on, he even looks like somebody who plays Superman. So the story is about Niles, who's been stuck in this loop for so long, he doesn't even remember what he does for a living. He is reliving the same day every day, which happens to be his girlfriend's friend's wedding day. His girlfriend is cheating on him. He gets Sarah, the sister of the bride, accidentally dragged into being aware of the loop. The two develop a close bond and have a strong attraction towards each other. Obviously, this leads to romance. There's a few twists. There's another character who's aware of everything named Roy, who's played by J.K. Simmons. He doesn't get much screen time, but he has his moments. I enjoy this movie. I, I would recommend this. I, I wonder why these stories are so popular. Maybe it's because we like to imagine if we had a day where you could just do whatever and nothing mattered, like what would we do? Or how would we have the perfect day? Or if we could relive a day and redo it, how could we make it better? I think we all feel this way. We all have our off days. So maybe that's why people enjoy writing about these and why there's so many movies and TV shows about this subject. Let's talk about books. I read Gunslinger. I read the whole thing. I've never read a Stephen King book before, so I honestly was really grossed out upon reading this book. I do like the new It movie, so I was like, a fantasy genre book by Stephen King? Okay. I thought this book was disgusting and weird. The imagery is very gross. The whole story takes place in this post-apocalyptic world. You're introduced to the gunslinger, who is searching for a man in black, as he calls him. He is in a rundown town where there's, like, this reanimated dead guy. He fucks an old lady. 
comes to care for her, but then there's this crazy religious bitch who, like, uses mind control or something. He aborts her baby, and she's like, I'm pregnant with a king's baby. And after he does this, she, like, sicks every person in the town on him and orders them to kill him. He kills everyone, men, women, children. He then goes to the desert and meets a boy who I don't know if he time-traveled or if he's, like, from another world. I think this takes place in the future and the boy is from the past, but I'm not sure. I'm not going to spoil anymore. I didn't really like this book. I'm not going to read more books in this series. And after doing some research on Stephen King, I don't think I'm going to read another one of his books ever again. I know a lot of people love him, and this is this is probably a really controversial opinion, but I don't care. I don't care for how he writes. I'll check out the movie, sure, but this stuff is not for me. Sorry. Now let's talk about my favorite thing, video games. One game I'm playing is Stardew Valley. This game was created by one man named Concerned Ape. He spent a lot of time and love making this game as good as possible. Plus, he's from Seattle. I just recently started playing this game despite it being out since 2016. The reason being is that I was waiting for them to release multiplayer. So you can do co-op with friends. I play on my Switch. Now, I have to say multiplayer has a lot of bugs. I'm player one and my friend is player two and player two often lags, which I should have been player two because I have more patience for stuff like that. My friend, on the other hand, does not. If you use a Switch and you play local mode, the game will often kick one player off for no reason. So Stardew Valley is a game that, like Harvest Moon, you get to farm. During different seasons, you can plant different fruits and vegetables, you can build relationships with the town folks, and even get married. You get better relationships with people by giving them gifts and talking to them every day. And once you reach max relationship with somebody, you never have to talk to them again, which is great. I wish real life was like that. Just become best friends with everybody by giving them gifts. And then you never have to talk to them again. And they just think you're awesome and they think you're like their best friend. Also, like in Harvest Moon, you have a mind to explore. You break through rocks, find a ladder to climb down to go to further levels. I ended up marrying the character Sam. He's actually the least popular male character to marry. But I thought he was cute. He plays an instrument. He likes gaming. He just seems like my kind of guy, you know? So now I'm enjoying the happily married life, patiently awaiting for my character to pop out a couple of babies. Like, come on, Sam, impregnate my character so we can have some pixel babies. Those who don't play the game may think this sounds crazy, but yeah, whatever. My friend who I'm playing with ended up marrying Maru, who is apparently the least popular girl. So we married the least popular people. I don't know why Maru is unpopular. If I had to pick a chick, I'd pick Penny or Maru purely based on personality alone. My only complaint about the marriageable characters is why isn't Gus a marriageable bachelor? He owns his own business, cooks, is nice, like, come on, Concerned Ape, what are you doing? From the makers of Overcooked comes Moving Out. It's a couch co-op game where you move stuff into a moving truck. You can also play the single player, but it's not as fun. There are various obstacles that may get in your way, like rakes, ghosts, and sludge. 
As you progress through the game, it becomes more difficult. There are a lot of story levels to play, plus mini games. It's a very fun game, and make sure you play with people you don't mind getting angry with. It's one of the few games I've spent hours playing with friends, and I really recommend it. Though I wouldn't say this is a good game for novice gamers, it can be very frustrating, especially if you're trying to 100% the game. Sometimes redoing the levels over and over again is just not fun. Also, the platforming in this game fucking sucks because I suck at platforming. But it's a fun game and it's easy to get into. This game could ruin friendships, so proceed with caution. So I'm only going to talk about one band today. Why? Because I didn't have time to do more research and, you know, this is just what you're going to get. So one of the musicians I've recently been listening to is Young and Sick. One of my friends told me about him. He is an artist slash music person. His name is Nick Van Hoffwegen. He's done art for various musicians like Maroon 5. I took a look at his Instagram page. His art has a lot of bright colors and is very poppy. I'm more interested in his music though. So the song I heard and fell in love with is Oh Hey. That's O-J-A-I. I've listened to his other music, and I've liked everything I've heard by him. 10 out of 10 would recommend. They j- he just came out with a single in June, so check it out. So that wraps up our episode. Maybe people are wondering, why are you doing this podcast? Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I thought this would be a good outlet for me. In real life, I don't talk that much. Most days, the only people I talk to are patients who are either paying their bills or angry they received a bill. You know, really uplifting, positive interaction. COVID also just kind of made everything worse because everyone I know just dropped off the face of the planet. If you need someone to talk to, have questions, comments, whatever, email me at pocketlastpodcast at gmail.com. It's a mouthful, I know, and uh, I know a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed right now. I feel it. I feel like a lot of people feel it. So I'm here if anyone needs me. I can't promise I'll be helpful, but I'll listen. So that's our show, everyone. Take care.